As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. This hour is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. Dan Weederer, on-air contributor for 670 The Score. You're going to be relying on a lot of young players, guys that have to materialize into who they thought they were. The Bears are who we thought they were. When either they drafted them or guys that they believe in that were already here, that's guys like Justin Fields. Bears beat reporter and enterprise writer for the Chicago Tribune. Matt has pounded it home from the day he took the job with the hits principle and the acronym there and just saying repeatedly, we are going to be an effort-based football team. Dan Weederer. Get your track shoes on. With Bernstein and Holmes on 670 The Score. The football world is a buzz today, and the Bears remain at the center of it, coming off of the huge trade on Friday and diving into free agency today. Time to talk to Dan Weederer about it. The Bears beat reporter and enterprise writer for the Tribune is on Twitter, at Dan Weederer. He is with us on the Score Hotline, presented by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And Dan, man, it is so satisfying. I'm just, I'm relishing the fruits of all of that losing and they're harvesting Mm. all of this fruit and they're baking it into pies and turning it into (laughs) wine and desserts and and preserves and And shampoo whatever they need to do this is this is what you do taking those steps back for these steps forward well, we'll see, right? Like the, the, the pies and the fruits and the wines, I, I don't think any of that has been made yet other than DJ Moore. And we'll, we'll talk about that out of the outset because obviously the addition of a proven commodity, a veteran, tough, playmaking guy who you don't have to guess about comes right into your building and is going to give Justin a go-to guy from day one of year three, right? And then this is what you talked about doing. If you're going to see it through with Justin, you can't do it half-heartedly. And part of that is making sure you give him enough support to give him his fairest chance of, of showing you who he is as a quarterback in 2023. DJ Moore gets you there, or gets you closer there, right? And Ryan Poles has talked all offseason long. Is one of his favorite phrases is move the needle. And we all know that they're trying to get from E to F, right? And, and so little by little, we've got to move that needle. Well, DJ Moore is a guy that comes in the building right away and moves that needle closer to a quarter tank. We got a long way to go to get to that F on the gas gauge, and the Bears have a lot of work to, to continue building this roster back up. So let's talk about this. How did we get here with Carolina, considering that there are other teams that would like to have their first choice of quarterback? And I, I was saying, and maybe you think differently on this, Dan, I'd be uncomfortable if I were Chris Ballard right now. Because now you're sitting there and you're probably going to get at the at the best, you're hoping to get your third best option for quarterback instead of getting your first. 
Well, yeah, sure. If you're an indie, you're going to feel a little bit more uncomfortable. One of the biggest questions I've had about this trade that went down Friday is why the Panthers were so urgently motivated to go do this. You guys got to understand that this process of vetting this quarterback class still has many, many boxes to check. And this is the period where these teams go out to pro days and then they have private workouts and then they bring the guys into their building to learn a lot more about them. And so the Panthers motivation to get this done as early as they did, it it's, makes me scratch my head a little bit. Right. And we'll look back on this in four or five years and go. Okay, uh, they were a little bit antsy or, oh, they knew exactly what they were doing. But you hear things out of Carolina that they're, they're comfortable with multiple guys and they want to continue vetting the process and they want to feel it through. But the Bears here capitalized clearly on another team's desperation and urgency in a way that, that helps them. And so now, uh, you, you know, we'll see where that goes. But the Carolina piece of this puzzle is one that I still haven't been able to get my brain around. Which part specifically that when, so you didn't see them just the urgency to do it now, right? Like Mm. in the urgency to, to pay the price that they paid in, in, uh, you know, they're giving up a a proven playmaker in DJ Moore, which tells you that they feel so strongly about what they can do at number one. Well, you're not at the part of the the vetting process yet that should give you that, that full certainty, right? They don't have, they always talk about conviction. They always use that word. Conviction, conviction, conviction. And I don't know that they can have conviction on anything other right. than, than the asset more than a player. And, and one of the greatest flaws that happened for the Chicago Bears in 2017 was convincing themselves way early that Mitch, it was Mitch and Mitch only. It was had to have Mitch, had to have Mitch, had to have Mitch. And so now, you know, you, you, you put yourself in a little bit of a corner that can sometimes be hard to get out of. Um, we'll see what happens. Look, like th- this week, you know, this is this period, this next like, 60 hour period is one where when you're sitting in my seat, it's just dizzying to try to try to keep track of everything because you've got this free agency frenzy going on. You understand that Ryan is he's told you that he wants to be disciplined and he wants to be patient and he wants to find value. And those are three things that he's emphasized and emphasized and emphasized. And now this is the real test of that. Right. And, And understanding that some of the true value signings in free agency don't come until the weekend. And it's going to make people that that want the headlines really antsy for three or four days but as a general manager you have to make sure that you're not trying to win you know the second week of march in 2023 you're trying to win you know games in 2025 can we look at them not signing mcglinchy as them being patient and not overspending for a player that they they probably liked and needed but maybe didn't want to go 50 million dollars in guaranteed money to keep them when I saw the Broncos had had gotten that deal done, you just had this image in your head of Ryan Poles kind of pushing back from whatever table he was sitting at and just exhaling. You know, puff cheeks like, whew, that was uh, that was a little rich, right? You know, and, and and you know that's what this can be inside the free agency flea market at times where you don't have full control over this. This isn't a draft. You don't just get your selections. It doesn't go in order. There's things happening across all positions, across all tiers of free agency simultaneously, and it gets pretty frenzied pretty quickly, and you just have to have commitment to the board that you set going in. And now, listen, Ryan's told you he's going to be flexible with that to an extent, and when it gets past that extent, there's just points where you have to push yourself away and say, can't do it. We don't want to be sitting here a year or two from now um, you know, making cuts to clear salary cap space. We don't want to be restructuring contracts. We want to be you know, savvy and calculated and practical with what we do. And sometimes it just means you let somebody else take that guy for a higher price. And then you, you understand that there are other guys on the offensive tackle shelf and free agency. And you understand that there's a draft in six and a half weeks that, that, that will help you add to your roster as well. You like TJ Edwards? 
I, for what he is, right? He's going to come in here. He's going to be a starting middle linebacker at a um, you know cost efficient price. You talk to people in Philly, they say he's he's a solid tackler. He's going to make any defense he's in better. He's got great instincts. He feels it. Like I think he's going to be one of these guys that that Matt Eberflus is going to fall in love with quickly because he's going to be assignment sound and and know what's being taught to him and be able to to rub that off. I don't think he's a guy that suddenly moves the needle, you know, way, way away, but you need like going into this process, we knew, and I heard you guys say earlier that this is still, if not the worst roster in the league, it's one of the bottom four or five. And so you've got to add starters, you know, all across your depth chart. And you add a guy that is, uh, you know, a pretty good starter and has worked his way up from, uh, from being an undrafted free agent in, in 2019 to a guy who, you know, was a, a reliable starting contributor on a team that played for the Super Bowl. Dan, how much credit do you give polls for maybe putting some juice into the market by all of the interviews that he did <laughs> down at the combine and all of the things that he said? Is it possible that he created the urgency that we see manifested in the trade with Carolina? Well, I'll say this. like The thing that has really impressed me about Ryan in this first portion of the offseason is he has a firm grip on – sort of the immediate demands that are facing him, which are pretty heavy, and the long-term goals of what he's trying to do. And it's a, a tough balance beam for a lot of people to, to walk. And when he got down to Indy, um, you know, there was a lot of chatter before anyone left for Indianapolis and saying, like, that's where it's going to go down. That's where the conversations are going to escalate. And Ryan has just seemed like he's been in control of the whole thing, you know, and you like that from a leader at the top of your organization to just – feel like he's you know composed and comfortable and calm and, and and isn't caught off guard by anything obviously did a great job of of squeezing the value out of that number one pick and now we all know that right like you've got to turn <laughs> those four picks into something up the road mm -hmm. you know in april in 24 and 25 because if you you know we look back four years from now and they basically traded for leonard floyd and ego ferguson we're going to go ooh, <laughs> missed opportunity but at least you have those swings at the plate and you've bought yourself some more at bats and ryan did a great job with that in, in, in navigating that process and doing it again with just it just felt like he was comfortable and confident through the whole thing. We were speculating earlier as long as they're going or they're playing against type and they're they're doing things that seem so unbears like now it's time for hard knocks. <laughs> well, so this is a whole different conversation because you have a new team president and Kevin Warren who has grand visions for what you can do with your in-house programming. Right. And you guys have seen some of the, the smaller things they've tried with 1920 football drive. I'm going to be really fascinated in the next couple of years to see how they do some of their in-house programming to have greater control, that type of stuff. You don't always need to go to HBO to, to, to give people a glimpse uh, behind the scenes of what you're doing. Um, so that's going to be interesting when, when Kevin gets aboard and, and to see how they kind of uh, craft that vision. Because if you look at some of the things they've done in Minnesota that end, you know, Bears fans should be excited about some of the some of the behind the scenes, behind the curtain looks that they're, they're probably going to get more of as we go forward. So here's the other question I've had now. Now that the fun stuff is going on, we're going to get through the, the fun novelty, new names, <laughs> hooray for everything period. <laughs> and I'm enjoying it. I don't, I don't mean to diminish it. I'm not trying to take the fun out of it because I'm having fun with it. But the truth is that it, then, then you got to make it matter. You got to make all these picks matter. And I'm trying to figure out now that you're going to have two really rich, fertile drafts here. Do you go high floor, low ceiling now, or do you take big swings now and then try to to shim up the floor next year, or both, or or, or do you not? Yeah. Do, or do you just look at your board and and make those decisions in the moment? 
first of all, I, I give you credit and I laughed out loud just because I think the hooray for everything period is a great way to describe that. You know, and I, I had written in the piece that, that I wrote for ChicagoTribune.com this morning is there's, there's a lot of we did it. And then the natural follow-up question is we did what, right? And then when you have to answer that question, it gets a little more difficult to your question about how you kind of navigate these drafts. I think it's a combination. I think it's a case by case position by position sort of question that you have to ask yourself in trying to um, make sure like we, we did the exercise, you know, when we talked probably it was probably early December about like writing down the names of guys that you absolutely believed should be on the roster in 2025. Right. And we didn't get very far. And so now you've got to start to do those things with your draft classes and your free agency classes so that it's just not this constant revolving door at the front of the, 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 the building in Lake Forest where you just sending guys out, bringing new guys in, and it's just a, a, a mess. And so you have to find guys repeatedly through these processes that can be contributors for you for three, four, five years. You know, rookies have to sign second contracts. I know that's a crazy thought process at times, and, and you just got to get as many of those guys as you can because otherwise you're never going to be in consistent contention for what you want to be in consistent contention for. If at nine the Bears were to draft Jalen Carter, what would you say? I, I, this is obviously a very popular question right now, Lawrence. I don't have the time and resources to do the amount of homework that is needed to be done on a pick like that. I know they pay a lot of people a lot of money inside that building to put together a team of people that can go get you the answers to the questions that you need to go get the answers to. That's a very realistic scenario as we sit here on, on March mm -hmm. 13th. And if it were to happen, the city of Chicago would erupt on the first night of the draft with this jubilation because they'd be watching, you know, the highlight videos of, of how disruptive Jalen Carter could be. And then the next morning would arrive and you'd go, oh, crap, what did we get ourselves into? And do the people inside the building have a firm grip, grip of how, you know, fluid his situation is, how much depth they need to dive down to answer a lot of the character questions and, and the peripheral questions that are there. It is a complicated homework assignment. Obviously it started a couple of weeks ago and they've got to, you know, obviously continue to do that homework all the way up until the, uh, the, the first night of the draft. Another offensive tackle has been signed. We brought his name up earlier. Matt Bowen mentioned tackle Jawan Taylor, formerly of the Jaguars four years, $80 million, including 60 million guaranteed <laughs> with the chiefs. So the, the Chiefs let Orlando Brown go, and they let it was an Andrew Wiley go, yep. and here's one of the replacements in the younger Jawan Taylor. Orlando Brown is not going to be any cheaper, nope. <laughs> than Mike McGlinchey or Jawan Taylor, and so I, you know, that that's that's a, a steep price to pay. Wow. Um, again, I go back to to those three words that Ryan has preached, and and I know a lot of eager fans don't want to hear it, but discipline patience and value are things you need in this first frenzied 72 hours of free agency. And it doesn't feel good as a, a fan to be on the outside looking in going, what are they doing? Why aren't they doing anything? Sometimes the best things you do are the things you don't do. If that makes sense. What was the, 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 the marching orders for Braxton Jones at the end of the year? Get stronger. Um, you know, number one, get yourself regrouped. Braxton Jones didn't get enough credit in 2022 for being a guy who had to grind his way through the pre-draft process before winning a starting job in May and then playing every snap for a, a, a grueling offense, right, in 2022. And so, number one, it's get yourself refreshed. 
take the lessons you learned and apply them and then get stronger, get stronger in your lower half, understand where your weaknesses were. You were very open and documenting where your weaknesses were, figure out how to fix those and just continue to get better. I mean, they, they have loved the way that kid is invested in the process, how, how unflappable he was through some of the ups and downs of a rookie season. Now it's all about, do you have the high level talent to be a difference-making, you know, uh, contributor at the most important position on the offensive line in front of a quarterback that we're trying to figure out if we want to pay two hundred and fifty million dollars in a year or two. So there's there's a lot there, and 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 so that's that's part of that puzzle. Um, certainly, they made he, he made them feel good enough to understand that if they they need to go into twenty twenty three with him as their starting left tackle, then so be it, and they'll figure out ways to to try to address things otherwise. I'm trying to look for how far down the list now to go for offensive tackles. Here. <laughs> Caleb McGarry, Caleb McGarry would be the next guy on 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 your uh, your yeah. list. I don't know if we've been talking and he's been signed since we started talking. Um, you know, and then you're you're looking at you know the Garrett Bradburys of the world, Will Hernandez. Um, yeah, you, you are know. right. Caleb McGarry's the next guy on the Matt Bowen list. 28 years old, Atlanta Falcons, a first round pick in 2019. Yeah, and I think he has some history with Chris Morgan, uh, offensive line coach in House Hall. Um, yeah, you know, so it looked like you have to have contingency plans for agency. Again, it's it's so dizzying because you're trying to do all these things at once. Um, and, and, and you know, you have to navigate that. You have to have people inside the building that you trust to help you navigate that. And so the Bears will uh, will continue to work through this. How would you handle the, the situation with David Montgomery? Is he a priority? Is he a mid-priority? Or is he someone that once you get to the end of the free agency process, the Bears can go back to you and say, all right, we've got everything done. This is how you fit into what it is that we want to do because we want to get you back. I give Ryan credit because I think with his guys in-house, he's been really, really honest and candid and direct. And I think with David, it was, hey, this is how we feel about you as a player. We don't have any questions about how we feel about who you are and what you mean to this building. We just have to figure out how you fit into this giant puzzle that we're trying to put together financially. And so go into free agency this week and go tell us what, what kinds of offers you're getting and, and let us hear what those are. And then we'll figure out whether we want to go there or if you want to come back, whatever it is. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't classify that in, by any way, shape, or form as a high priority, but it's something they've got their fingers on the pulse of. And they're going to figure out what they want to do with that position. You guys know that you can go out in the draft and get a day two guy, a day three guy, and plug them in and find a guy that maybe has more explosion and speed and that, that game-changing, blinding <laughs> you know, playmaking that, that, that we need to see more of from Bears offenses. And so um, you just got to play that game and understand that, you again, they're, they're trying to fill – you know, two dozen holes in terms of starters and quality line two guys on their depth chart. And you just have to, to, to figure out where David fits in that. And, and that's just part of the puzzle of figuring out where all these other prices come in and don't come in. You know, the less you spend on one position, the more you have to allocate elsewhere. And you just got to be, be ready to, to adapt to that. I had a good conversation with uh, Dave Wanstead about this last week when I was filling in on the Parkins and Spiegel show, Dan. And it has to do with the the U tight end position and whether or not this system under Luke Getze needs one or could use one. I know the previous administration, one of the very first things they did was target Trey Burton because they knew how important that guy was for what they do. I don't get the sense that it's quite that important, but there are there there aren't a lot of really good offenses that don't have a primary receiving tight end. Well, so it's a very good point, Dan, because I do think they need that. And I think that this is a, a tight end class in the draft 
that people are very high on. They think that you can get, uh, you know, a, a second round talent in the early parts of round four just because of how stacked the tight end class is. And so they should have their eyes on that. They should be be eyeing up somebody that can be a, a you know, bigger uh, contributor as a pass catcher. Cole Komet's great and they love him inside the building. He can do a lot of different things for you and he, he's versatile and they, they feel like he's climbing the staircase to be a, a player that they can build around for a long time. But there's no harm in having another guy at that position, obviously a different version of that position that can help you. And so I would expect them um, to obviously test the waters here in free agency and then understand that that draft class is, is full of guys that can help you in that role. One thing I love about Luke is, he, you know, like you talk to him at the senior bowl or, or, or in the off season folks that did. And, and, and he is not making any plans for his 2023 offense until he knows what players he has for his 2023 offense. So it's going to be another six and a half weeks before he's able to kind of sit down and go, here's what we have to work with. Now let's try to figure out what this looks like. And so they'll be adaptable and, and that offense will be adaptable based on what they have. But I, I do think you're right in saying you need to find a guy that can, that can give you that dimension. Dan, as always, we appreciate the time, sir. Thank you for joining us. You got it. Anytime, fellas. That's Dan Wiederer, busy man these days as we're tracking all that's popping in NFL free agency. We'll continue to do that. But we got to do a little baseball notebook next because there's a lot going on. There's Cubs, there's Sox, there's WBC. There was an Team USA getting their ass whooped. There was an egregious call at a college game that got an umpire suspended and should get that umpire fired. I don't know if you saw that. It was there's there's been a lot going on. So uh, some news and notes from around the world of baseball when we come back on the score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the Wise and visit cox.com slash 5g home for details t-mobile prioritizes certain t-mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion selling a little or a lot <laughs> shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business from the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage Shopify is here to help you grow whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits Shopify helps you sell everywhere from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system wherever and whatever you're selling Shopify has got you covered Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score and 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. 11-5 Mexico. Two outs in the ninth. Goldschmidt. Thomas says, that's mine. That's number 10. He's caught. And Mexico has taken down USA. A crucial win in Pool C. And it started with a Jerry Manessis two-run home run in the first inning. They were really stung, Mexico was, by that loss in extra innings yesterday. Well, an American team under Mark DeRosa needs a couple of wins here. They need some smiles on their faces, and they got to get out of that pool. So get on with it, USA. Well, and there, Ken Rosenthal wrote a piece for The Athletic today talking about the conundrum that Team USA finds itself in. And I imagine there were plenty of people from Team USA that were more than happy to tell you about the conundrum that they're in, about how they have these pitching limits. And the pitching limits, because guys are still in the middle of spring training, they have to be very careful about when Mark DeRosa is going to substitute. Like, for example, late in the game when you're pitching to Manessis and maybe you're thinking you go in a different direction and then you did not go in a different direction. Yeah, the grumbling has already begun. It's already starting, Dan. And other if, if teams team are USA out there. isn't able to do it. Yeah, that's why. And other teams are out there unbuttoning their shirts all the way and <laughs> running around half naked. Go ahead. I'm here for it. Look, I was surrounded by it for four days because I stayed in downtown Phoenix and pretty much didn't leave downtown Phoenix other than to go to Mesa to, to for Cubs White Sox. It was everywhere. And because USA Mexico was played at Chase, I saw so many fans of Mexico like out in their gear. They were I tweeted about it a little bit last night. Like they were taking it seriously. Now I wasn't to Team USA versus El Tree in soccer. Like it wasn't to that level, but every person that I ran into that was rocking the the colors from Mexico, like they were they they were in it to win it and the team played like it. You know, the the other part that I find fascinating about this is you go, oh, I didn't know that that person can trace their heritage back to that culture. Like, I didn't know about Alec Thomas playing for Team Mexico. I was like, oh, that's interesting. Didn't know that. Or how about how about uh, Rowdy Telez, who could play for Team Israel, but is playing for Mexico? Right. And there's, there's a bunch of that. And, and, and 
I mean, the, the best example is, you know, the Marcus Stroman, who pitched the game-winning game for Team USA and this time is now pitching for Team Puerto Rico because of his mom. So th- that's fun. Did you see that Team Israel had a, a big weekend this weekend? I didn't. I'm not following yeah, them they, carefully. Did they win? I, I thought that was just squad. You know, I, I was watching golf. Who they beat? Wow. Wow. Did you even see Team Italy? They're out there doing things, too. That's Piazza's team, right? Is he managing? I so. I think that he's the, the guy. But, yeah, man. They beat well, uh, uh, Team Israel beat Nicaragua. Okay. Comeback well, win. Nicaragua's getting their ass kicked right now by Republica Dominicana as well. This Before we get to some Cubs and Sox stuff, did you see what happened in the game with New Orleans and Mississippi Valley State Friday night? Yes, I did. Man. It was horrendous. The, Back-to-back terrible calls. Well, one might have been a mistake, and the umpire was getting Reggie Drummer, and the Mississippi Valley State left fielder Devon Mims objected to the 1-1 call that was a strike call. And then the next pitch was a ball by a foot and a half minimum. Easily. It was in the other batter's box. It was on the ground, in the dirt, in the other batter's box. Called a strike. He was called out. And the umpire has been suspended indefinitely. Good. Because it was really bad. Yeah, it was egregious. And and you just felt like, oh, this is a the the third the call third strike felt like a punitive mm-hmm. type deal, and nobody needs that, and nobody got time for that. It's bad. Not okay. No, not okay at all. Not okay at all. We got so much baseball stuff that I unfortunately I think we're gonna have to put some of it away, um, and do it tomorrow, which is fine, but. Especially like there was a really good interview with Daniel Zion. We don't have time to play it, but we will share it before tomorrow during tomorrow's show. Steve Stone did bring up an interesting point, though, since we're talking about WBC during the broadcast yesterday. Oh, by the way, did you know that that Jason did a double yesterday? No. Did the White Sox game in Glendale and then called USA versus Mexico in downtown Phoenix. Sweet. Yeah, he's he's living the life right now. His partner on White Sox baseball on NBC Sports Chicago, Steve Stone, had this to say about major league players being in the WBC. All these guys that are away at the World Baseball Classic are not using the new rules. So when they come back, they won't have the benefit of about two and a half to three weeks as far as accelerated pitching time and shifts and everything that goes with it. Again, I think they will adjust rather quickly, and depending on when they're taken out of the Classic or not, They'll be back with their teams as soon as they can be. Good point. It is a good point because you noticed it this weekend, Dan. I noticed it too. After walking around Sloan Park and watching, like, in a blink of an eye, like, I ran into some people who were fans of the show, and I was talking to them uh, on the concourse at Sloan. And by the time we finished the conference, from the time that I jumped off the air with you, to the time that you know, I packed up all my stuff, got downstairs, had a nice conversation with Russ Dorsey, who we'll get to in a minute, and then I'm on the concourse at Sloan. I'm talking to a couple of fans. We were having a good time uh, talking about the game and the atmosphere, and it was the third inning. Like the the mm-hmm. the Cactus League games are moving, and the WBC games are not, and that's okay because the energy for the WBC games is on high. 
that game between Venezuela and the Dominican Republic on on Saturday was outstanding. Like it was just like wow. That's why the WBC is what, it, is what it is. Yes. Yes, like this is what it's supposed to feel like. You got guys unbuttoning their shirts like they're Superman walking off the mound. You got all sorts of of instruments being played. It, it it's it's just great. Like it felt like the energy of it. You could feel it through the television. Last night too. USA versus Mexico, you could feel it. And and it was important to the people that were there. So it's it's pretty dope. Um, one more piece of sound for you. Our buddy Russ, remember when Russ was on Friday, he had he had just finished the conversation with Dansby Swanson, like a, a long form interview on Bally Sports. Here's what Dansby Swanson had to say about his competitive mindset. You know, if you'd ask anyone, like I'm pretty I'm pretty old school. You know, I, I enjoy playing, I enjoy winning uh try and make everything about winning um, no matter what it is that we do and uh, just that mindset is really really powerful and uh you know i just feel like that this place has such a unique opportunity and such a like desire to be great a desire to win uh, a lot of good guys that they you know did a great job adding for this season um you know it really just boils down to making everything about winning it's not about just competing it's about competing to win and uh you know i think you've seen a little bit of that so far in camp and you know, a lot of guys, you know, pulling on the same rope, right? Like, you all want to be going in the same direction, and uh, communication is key in that. How you treat people is key. Um, doesn't matter who you are. You should treat everyone the same. You should love everybody, and um, that's just kind of how I go about my business. It's exciting stuff if you're a Cubs fan from the guy they signed to be their, their a leader on the field and in the clubhouse. That's the sheriff, although he didn't like that. He is the sheriff, and I don't know why he doesn't like it. I don't know because maybe who knows? Maybe he doesn't want. Maybe the, he maybe doesn't want to be like be seen as like some sort of red ass, or or the authority being seen as like enforcement of some kind. Maybe that's just not how he sees himself. One other quick note: Hayden Wisniewski is filthy, filth, absolutely dirt. ridiculous. Dirt ridiculous and guys are not seeing the ball out of his hand it looks like they're guessing and everyone's saying well maybe he's the fifth starter that doesn't look like a fifth starter that that looks more like middle of the rotation uh-huh. type stuff that he's got going on yeah right and, and I'm, i don't want to be too fooled also i know this is something we'll get to tomorrow kopech looked good he did that made me so happy yesterday because you know me i was reaching yep. I, I had the bin of red flags I and i was reaching and he made me walk away from the bin, well, which is good. Got some baseball thoughts when we come back. Bomani Jones is calling out some Skinflint owners by name, and it was really good stuff. You'll hear it on Bernstein and Holmes on the score. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade, handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. 
Just do a quick search for Tecovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tecovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at HERO.CO. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes, middays 10 to 2, on Sports Radio 670 The Score. It has been an exciting news-filled Bears Monday here on the Bernstein and Holmes Show on The Score. You say, why is it a Bears Monday, Bernstein? Well, because this is our first chance to talk about the trade. It's a Bears Monday because it's a damn Bears Monday. We say it Ryan, is. Ryan Poles went out there and did the thing. So it's a Bears Monday, and it's probably going to be a Bears Tuesday, too. So get ready for it. Because he's doing more things today, and I think it may be difficult for him to not let some all, all this money burn that hole in his pocket as he is looking at huge numbers in the offensive tackle market, maybe waiting for that to, to cool a little bit as he tries to let his uh, his cool head prevail. Well, there was some baseball stuff on Game Theory on HBO. Bomani Jones laid it out and named names about people who are making baseball suck. In a sport without a salary cap, generating more revenue than ever, and teams making a guaranteed $200 million a year. Baseball should be right for owners blowing money. But instead, there's a bunch of chumps in the league just being stingy. They doing what they always accuse poor people of doing. Being lazy and taking a free ride on the system. It's like White Sox owner Jerry Reinsdorf is a welfare king, pulling up outside the social services building in his Cadillac. Wood grain kitty sitting on 20 foes, rims just spinning. Rich franchises aren't ruining baseball. Cheap ass broke boy owners who are spending under the league average payroll are, despite being billionaires. Let's call out some names, huh? I'm talking to you, Guardians owner Larry Dolan. 
with your stingy ass. I'm talking to you, Nationals owner Mark Lerner, hanging out the passenger side of his best friend's ride, scrub-looking boy. And don't forget Pirates owner Bob Nutting, looking like he's heard that joke about his last name before. Y'all are hurting the game with your bank accounts that say wealthy, but actions that say go fund me. That's why I say it's time for you to get the hell out the way. Make room for some real ballers like our man Steve Cohen. He's got exactly the type of rubber band man energy baseball's been missing. And he's just doing what you're supposed to do when you're a billionaire owner of a sports team. He's giving fans something to be excited about. And most importantly, making it rain like anybody who's ever shopped at Target after an edible. And that's why Mets fans and Mets players actually seem to like him. Yep. How could Bob Castellini have survived that without taking a, a full shot? Come on. Or, or some sort of stray. Come on, Bomani. Bob Castellini of the Reds is right there asking for it. And, and, and I mean, who didn't want Steve Cohen to own the Mets? Well, that, he's, that was the first name. To be fair, the that that segment of the game theory with Bomani Jones is about eight minutes, so there's more. There's a lot more oh, okay. to it. Okay, yeah, it's good. it's on my list of things to watch. I'll I'll watch him and John Oliver this afternoon. Well, we've got more to come here too with Parkins and Spiegel getting ready to take you into the afternoon. They're coming up next on the score.